Hey folks, Matt Hunsaker here for the State Tax Show. This episode is part two in our ongoing series on state taxation of software and cloud computing. So I broke my streak. I had about 70 straight weeks since I last missed an episode. Uh, That came to an abrupt end last week. You see, my parents moved up to Alaska in the early 70s to have an adventure for a couple years. And now after 50 years, they have decided to rejoin civilization and move to Idaho. So I spent a week up there working from the cabin that they lived in on the Kenai River, and then in the evenings helping them pack up, and eventually helping them drive down the Alcan Highway. If you've never done that before, you got to do it at least once. It's quite an adventure. We used to do it every summer as a kid, and I figured we probably wouldn't be doing it anymore now that my parents are moving, and so I wanted to have one last hurrah with my dad. It was quite a drive in an overloaded U-Haul towing a minivan, and so it took us about five solid days to meander through the mountain passes in Canada. Most of that time, I didn't have cell service, so I missed my episode. Hopefully, that is an acceptable excuse. Let's hop back into our discussion of the taxation of software. Today, I wanted to talk about the dichotomy between custom software and canned software. And let's make sure we start off by getting our nomenclature right. Canned software, which is often called pre-written software, is generally the types of software that you and I use in our personal lives. It's not written for a specific customer and can be bought off the shelf, so to speak. And states with sales taxes tax this type of pre-written software. Where it gets tricky, though, is custom software. Now, custom software has many different definitions, and we won't get into all of them today. But it's typically software that is written for the specific needs of a particular customer. Now, that's obviously a gross oversimplification, but I think you get the point. Can software, you just Go to the vendor and buy it. Custom software, you have to sit down with the vendor and design it and have it custom written. Some states tax custom software the same way as they tax canned software. They just don't have any differentiation between the two. But many do not tax custom software. And you may ask yourself, well, why? Well, the policy reasons are a little shaky. But I think the general idea is that purchasers of custom software are paying for a service, the creation of the software, or they are simply buying intangibles. But if you reflect back on our discussion last week, that doesn't make a lot of sense, does it? Because the whole basis for taxing software, at least before states started to update their statutes, was that software was tied to its tangible media and therefore was tangible personal property. But that may still be the case with custom software. It might show up on a disk or a drive. 
but many states nonetheless treat it as a service. So the question you're probably asking yourself is, if canned software is taxable because it shows up on media and custom software also shows up on media, why do we have this differentiation? And many policy folks will tell you, well, you shouldn't have that differentiation. But nonetheless, we do in many states. We could go through a lot of cases that try to draw the line between canned software on one hand and custom software on the other hand. In fact, I have a few cases going right now that are on this exact question. But we have to speak in generalities here because the definitions of canned and custom software are quite different from state to state. There is some uniformity with the streamlined definitions, but as you know, many states do not participate in streamlined. So really, this issue is kind of a bespoke issue for each state in which you deal with software. You have to take a look at the definition and the case law and then make a determination about whether the software meets the definition of custom or pre-written software. Let's talk about a few nuances that are kind of ancillary to this question of canned versus custom software. One of these questions is, what happens when you take a piece of canned software and then customize it for a customer? You know, you, you take something that anyone can buy off the shelf and then you tweak it and add stuff to it and give it different functionalities. So it works just right for a customer. Does that make it custom software? I think the general answer is no. But many states will exempt the charges for the customization if they are invoiced properly and documented properly. And that is something that you want to anticipate up front. Because I can tell you from years of experience that trying to prove up how much of a charge was for customization, often many years after the fact, can be, well, very difficult. So you want to make sure that as your company is buying these modifications, that you're taking the steps to produce the audit file that, that you'll eventually have to rely on to prove up the amounts that were for pre-written software and the amounts that were for customization of that software. Another nuance is what happens when custom software gets sold to a second customer, either by the original purchaser or, as is more often the case, by the software company that has now created a niche product that it can market to other customers. There's a lot of decisions on the margins, but the general rule is that once you take a piece of custom software and start reselling it to others, it becomes canned software and loses that custom element and therefore becomes taxable. This can sometimes get a little tricky with software that may stick around for a long time with the original purchaser, you know, buying updates and continuing to uh, renew its licenses. In those situations, the product may have now gone mainstream and may be licensed to other customers. And to those other customers, it's now canned software. And so the question is whether the original custom purchaser can continue to treat its payments for upgrades and renewed licenses as payments for custom software, when at the same time, other users have to treat it as canned software. 
there really is not a lot of guidance here. And so frankly, in these situations, most of the time it has turned to some form of litigation, at least in my experience. One final nuance, and this typically arises in states that tax custom software, and that is many of these states may exempt programming services. So if you go out and you buy custom software from a company, well, that's taxable. But if you hire the company and pay them to perform programming services, well, that's not taxable. And as you can probably tell, we are really splitting hairs here. And in fact, the economics and tasks may all be the same. It may just come down to how you invoice it and how you document it in your contracts. And policy experts will tell you that there really is no reason to treat these two separately. But nonetheless, it is an important distinction that you need to be aware of in a handful of states. Well, that should do it for now. I'll likely pause the software series for a week or two to catch up on the news, but we still have a long way to go and many more episodes in front of us. I'll be back next Monday with a brand new episode of the State Tax Show. Until then, have a great week. The State Tax Show podcast is produced by Baker and Hostetler, LLP, and is for informational purposes only. It is intended to inform our clients and other friends of the firm about current legal developments of general interest. Issues discussed should not be construed as legal advice, and listeners should not act upon the information contained in this podcast without professional counsel. In some jurisdictions, this podcast may constitute attorney advertising. Please visit BakerLaw.com for more information about our practices and experience.